0: On this episode of Mistake by the Take, Jake and Dylan go in-depth about the recent Ahmed Rosario trade and then the implications of the Shane Bieber injury, then rounding out the episode with some potential trade targets for the Guardians on this episode of Mistake by the Take. One, two, three, four, five, six.
1: Episode 23 of Mistake by the Take Jake Volnick alongside Dylan Feltovich.
0: Big time guards episode. Big time guards episode, baby. We we got some stuff
1: finally. Trade deadline's here. Trade deadline is already active and active for the Guardians. Before we get into all that, Dylan, most important question How's your day going? It's pretty good. I'm hanging in there. It's pretty, it's really hot out today. Dude, we're recording this on Friday. And it's literally like 1 p.m. I couldn't even get in my car. It was so hot. Like, the humidity, too. I I just hate feeling, like, wet and muggy. This is the worst part of the day to me.
0: The real question, then, because, you know, we're going to have many discussions today. But the true question is, are you a fan of the heat or it be, like, blistering cold?
1: If you're going to make me pick one, I'd rather it be blistering cold. Really? Because I'd rather bundle up than, like... I'm a bigger person, okay? Like, I can only take off so many layers. I'm still sweating, man. Like, I'm still dying. I can put on more layers. I already have a natural one on. Like... The blubber. Yeah, like, the blubber's keeping me warm for the most part. But I'd I prefer not either. Well, obviously. Like, an ideal, like, 65 to 70 with a breeze. That's beautiful.
0: Yeah, but that's... That doesn't... That's not how the world works, Unfortunately know? not. Not in Ohio. It doesn't revolve around Jig Volnick. Listen, 70 degrees of the breeze. I think that, no, that'd be a dream for everyone. That'd be a dream for me. But right, that, that's
1: good for everyone.
0: I'd probably go heat, to be honest with you, because yeah. we're just the complete opposite body type. Yeah, we really
1: are. I mean, I, I just can't deal with that. That is way too. That's ooh. fair.
0: That's fair. All right.
1: I'll give it to you. Like we're, we're sitting inside right now, and I could work up a sweat. I probably will work up a sweat when I start yelling about this
0: episode. Ooh, I get cold easily. I'm the I like
1: I brought a sweatshirt. Yeah, I'm never that cold in here, at least not normally.
0: Always called in. in the undisclosed location. <sighs> boom boom boom.
1: Um t- t- remind me to add some like CSI <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right there. Uh but no, I think uh we can pretty much get right into it, yeah. Might as well, yeah. Uh we can go before we get into guard stuff though, hot off the press. Alright, let's roll through some more national news before we get into all the Guardian stuff. Uh, Starting off first things first, University of Colorado leaving the Pac-12 and rejoining the Big 12 after this season. 23-24 season for football. Colorado will be joining the Big 12. They were one of the initial founders of the Big 12 I believe, all the way back in like the 50s or something. But, moved to the Pac-12, moving all the way back. Obviously, this has something to do with, you know, primetime being there and They're going to get the move. They're going to get some national media attention. But more importantly, the Pac-12 might be dead.
0: No, the Pac-12's dead. That's the bigger headline out of this one. I don't... The the struggle is this. They're going to be really good this year. The Pac-12. If you look at it, think about it. Utah, they're going to be a top 25 team. Definitely. Oregon, Washington, Washington State. Not Washington State. Oregon State, my bad. Um... Oh, USC? UCLA. UCLA. I don't know how good they'll be this That's year. There's like but six teams right there. Yeah, but the
1: problem – yeah, right now they might be But like, they just don't have a
0: media I, I don't wanna, deal. Yeah, I don't
1: want to call them like a powerhouse. I don't know if they'll be – They're not going to be like – They'll be
0: competitive. I don't know if they're going to have a team in the playoffs.
1: They'll have like probably two, three teams. Maybe you stretch four at one point in the top 25. No, I think they're going to have at least five. You think 5 in the top? I think 4 is realistic. I just rattled off 5. Oregon State in the top
0: 25. That's they were like in fringe. The, they they're going they're going to be in. They yeah. ended the season like in the mid mid teens, I think.
1: I also just don't believe in Pac-12 teams outside of like USC, maybe Utah now.
0: Like these teams don't play defense. It's, and I don't, it's the Big 12 2.0. Oh, no, I get it. And I think you know, I again, they're not going to be a team that's going to. These aren't teams that are going to compete for playoff contention. I mean, obviously UCLA, uh, USC, different story there. But I don't know. I think it's going to be interesting to see how it goes. Either way, I, I mean, this was bound to happen at this point, especially too when you know USC and UCLA were like, we're getting the hell out of here, and now it's just slowly falling apart everything we know about a power five
1: quickly going down to a power four and honestly with the big 12 you're looking at a power three
0: here pretty soon too i'm afraid that it's probably going to go to a power three that's that's not going to be good because the thing is i mean shoot you're ultimately speaking you might go down to a power two if you really think about it the acc is having its issues as well
1: yeah i could just see I don't think you ever get down to a power two just because I think there's enough competitive teams where a third conference would pick up other schools and still be competitive.
0: Yeah, I think also, too, Notre Dame's going to have to join a conference at some point. I don't think they will because of the TV deal that they have, but it would really help everything with college. It would help their own
1: case for making a college football playoff so they actually have, you know, not a, a bowl game or a title game to play in. Yeah, but now that they got twelve, now that it's twelve, I don't know. It, it just doesn't. Yeah, I mean with the expanded playoffs, they definitely. Oh yeah, are it's, like almost a shoe in if they play halfway decent, but if not, I mean, like these guys, they could be competing for an ACC title almost every year. Oh, you have to for imagine. sure,
0: they would be one of the top teams every single year in the ACC. Even in the Big Ten, they'd be at least top three, top four. Yeah, I mean, the, I feel like the Big Ten's also
1: just really top heavy right now, too. Right, right?
0: that's obviously, and that's kind of with the ACC right now, too. I mean, you yeah, know, we got no, like Florida State, Clemson, that's about it. Yeah, it really rounds out the ACC at the right. moment, pretty much. So.
1: But moving on, uh, sticking with football right now. Bad news coming yesterday from training camps. Both Joe Burrow and Jalen Ramsey carted off the field at their respective practices. Joe Burrow's looking a little more promising. Uh, they're calling it a calf strain. I think we're still awaiting an MRI, though. I imagine they have him undergo one at some point just to be completely sure that nothing went wrong. Um, but optimistic right now, still in doubt for week one, which as a Browns fan, however you want to take that, if you're excited for it, if you're not, I don't know. Personally, I would rather just take the win and not have to play Burrow twice in a year. But some people look at that as like kind of a you know, cakewalk win and you get a bad mentality in week one. I'd rather take the win. Every win counts. But Burrow looking okay, and then uh, Jalen Ramsey looking like he's probably going to need surgery. Ian Rapport was saying that full meniscus tear or full meniscus repair is more likely, which would keep him out until at least, like, December.
0: Yeah. The Joe Burrow one scared me because I have Joe Burrow in my Dynasty League, and, I mean, I don't have that much quarterback depth. I have Jared Goff and Jordan Love. So it's yeah. getting pretty sketchy, and then C.J. Stroud on my taxi squad. but Yeah, he'd be coming off a of taxi squad probably. He'd be if, uh, coming off there, yeah. But I, either way, though, I love watching Joe Burrow play. I know it's kind of a sin to say that against him. No, so, like, as a Browns fan, you get like a little bit like –
1: obviously, you know, you care about the person, but realistically, the first thing that goes through your mind when you see a calf injury, like the guy's not dying. No, realistic. Like, But you're like – Oh, what could this mean for the Browns? Like, you get excited, but as a football fan, you're like, "Oh no!"
0: Yeah, oh, well, I was freaking out. A top three quarterback not being available for possibly a whole year—like, that sucks. And that, how is it going to affect like guys, Jamar Chase, T. Higgins? I got a fantasy draft coming up tomorrow, so I'm like, "Oh." Still well, they have think a quarterback? About it. Yeah, because once when I saw the video of that, I immediately was like, "Oh my gosh, that's definitely Achilles." I because it reminded me of like Kevin Durant. You remember that video? Yeah. Yeah. So I got really scared, but again, it sounds like it's just probably calf issue. It was again hot yesterday as well. Probably an issue there, just maybe cramps or something like that, or just a strain. Usually, you know, when it's get when it gets hot like that, stuff you know tears and. Shit, so I, I'm hopefully that one pans out. And then Ramsey, that one really sucks for that defense because I mean, he was going to be a critical piece to that defense with the Vic Fangio scheme, it was going to be big time there. Ho- luckily, though, I mean, it, it sounds like December he'll come back, it'll be good for that defense there. But yeah, I mean, hopefully, Va- Fangio comes in there and really lays out the uh. The defense there because that's going to be their big issue this year is if they can get that defense together and to his health obviously but if they can really put that together, they're going to be a threat. Yeah, I, the defense actually, especially the secondary, is pretty
1: deep in my eyes. Like, oh yeah, I think they look pretty good even without Jalen Ramsey. Obviously, that's a huge miss. Like, I mean, that's a top three corner right there, yeah. easily. You, you hate to see that for a team, but if they can survive without him on defense, which again, he wasn't there last
0: year. They're I getting some. They, can. they have pieces there too, and like that defensive line looking a lot stronger too they brought in Bradley Chubb last year at the trade deadline I think it's going to probably work out and they at least got a guy in there that can really I mean Vic Tangio is known as one of the greatest defensive minds right now in the NFL so we'll see what happens there again it also it's kind of like a Brown situation too where it's like one you got the pieces on defense and now you got a defensive mind in there so we'll see what happens but then also too quarterback play are you going to get it?
1: Yeah, I think if the rest of the team holds up, they'll be just fine. Oh, yeah. And Jalen Ramsey seemed in high spirits, by the way. He was like, end of the season run is going to be crazy. Oh, yeah, I saw that. Yeah, Yeah, something along those lines. So, he looks like he'll be okay. Last piece of football news, though, Justin Herbert becoming probably the richest uh, player in NFL history, I believe, with this deal, at least on a year-to-year basis. He signs a five-year,
0: $262.5 million deal. I liked it. They needed to get the contract done. I think the problem now moving forward is what are you gonna surround him with? We got it in this fight earlier, like with Justin Herbert. Yeah, because he hasn't had any playoff success. Right, in and I owners. and I understand that. And he's been dealing with a lot of injuries, not with just himself but the team. So you're you're really banking on Quentin Johnston to be a wide receiver one in the future because again yeah, a healthy one. A healthy one. Because the problem right now, I mean, Keenan Allen great piece right there on the for their wide receiving room but the problem is he, I mean he's coming up on age deals with a lot of injuries Mike Williams is very boomer bust so now you're really banking on Quentin Johnston to be that guy because I mean, how are you going to be able to pay another wide receiver now you're probably not so maybe Quentin Johnston becomes the That guy that could step in there and be a wide receiver one, but I'm not really banking on it. I didn't think he'd be a wide receiver one in the NFL. I thought he'd be a good two, kind of like a Mike Williams. So, overall, we'll see what happens with that. Yeah, I I think it's always good to sign a top 10 quarterback. Oh, no doubt about it. They definitely should have. Yeah, you
1: always win when you sign a top 10, even if you have to pay them. We see this year after year. People freak out about the money, but then you look four years later, three years later. He's still got you know two years left on his contract, and now he's the eighth-highest-paid quarterback, but he's right. performing like the fourth.
0: Well, and, and, and it incentivizes you to draft better as well. Yeah. Because now you really got to hit on your picks because you can't go out there and go sign that Tyreek Hill or go, go sign Jamar Chase or anything like that. You got to go draft that type of guy. And luckily, I mean, this year I probably would have went best player available for them, and which would have been like defensive tackle, I think I was checking over it, and they should have waited till next draft because next draft, I mean, there are so many wide receivers I was looking at. Well, don't put it out of the question they draft another one either. No, I, and I don't I, – I just don't like the mentality of drafting the same position twice in a row. I It usually just kind of tells me that you missed on a pick, in the first round at least, because if you go like the – obviously the Bengals, different scenario because they went T. Higgins in the second and then uh, Jamar Chase in the first – but it just kind of shows me that you are you keep missing on your position that you're drafting. Either way, though, it'll be interesting to see how – I mean, I, I think if he's healthy this year, you're going to get top four, top five level play out of him. Yeah, I, I definitely think you could get – I don't know
1: about top four, top five, but you probably get, you know, top eight in my eyes. I, I think he'll be just fine. They pass the ball a ton, it's worth signing Herbert.
0: Yeah. I'm in also too, I'm interested to see what kind of running back room they build around him as well. Because Austin Eckler's not the answer. I know that for sure. Yeah, I mean he's gonna be gone after
1: this year. Right. I was surprised that he stuck around for the one year deal, honestly, but you pay a guy. Uh moving over to baseball, we'll close it out with these two stories right here. The bigger of the two, because it affects the guardians not directly but in a way indirectly. Lucas Giolito and reliever Reynaldo Lopez of the Chicago White Sox are dealt to the Angels in exchange for four prospects.
0: I didn't understand this one, to be honest with you.
1: Uh, the, the thought behind it here, and there's two sides of it, right? The White Sox are absolutely selling. No, I, I understand that part. Uh, the Angels are on the other end going all in and taking Shohei Otani off the trade market.
0: But at this point, are as the Angels, yeah, I no, don't really see it. I don't see
1: them winning a World Series, but also if you're not going to trade Otani, you have him for three months. What do you really lose?
0: I don't know. There's there's apparently rumors that he's debating it, and if I was Otani, I would have booked it out of there. Don't get me wrong, but there's apparently rumors that he may be sticking around. So if, it was, if that's the case and you can actually ink him to a long-term deal and have him come back... Then it's probably a stupid idea to get rid of four prospects. But overall, I mean, I just don't really like it for the for the Angels. Like, I do you really think that they're going to be a team that could contend this year? Because I mean, I mean, fifty four and forty nine. Don't get me wrong, but at the same time, you're six games back in a pretty heavy division.
1: Yeah, I mean, you get Mike Trout back at some point. He, I think the update on him was he was able to hold a bat now. And kind of take some swings with a fungo, which isn't you know all that promising, but it's progress. Um, but I don't know. When you have those two on a team and you surround them with anything, your luck could change at any point. I really don't think they could win a World Series,
0: but no, I don't do hate I. the yeah. move.
1: I don't hate the move to go all in. Again, I don't.
0: I don't hate it either, but I just I I have questions about it.
1: And again, for Otani, I honestly think when you could move an hour down the road and get paid more money to go play
0: for the Dodgers and probably have more success. I see you doing it. No, I agree. I think the Dodgers are fully capable of also doing that too. So you might as well. Or even the Yankees for that sense, I would I would consider that. Because I, when I look at the Angels, I don't think of a World Series contender. I think of the Dodgers and the Yankees that will always be contenders no matter what. So in my case, I'm thinking like, all right, well, I'll just either go down the street or... I'll flip it over. Go to the East Coast. Maybe go to the Yankees. It sounded like, from what
1: I'd heard, he wants to stay on the West Coast, which plays into your favor as the Angels. But again, the Dodgers. At the are same right time, there. the Dodgers are right there. I think part of it too is we keep our mind out of the, the Angels even being contenders, just because they haven't been for so long with the pieces around, with like Mike Trout sitting around
0: now. With That's Tani. what I'm saying. Like you have so many pieces. You have probably the two best players in the MLB right now, and yet you can't do any damage. Really, it's, it's crazy. And it's a division that's notorious for not being that strong. Now, this year, it's a different story because, again, the Astros and Rangers came out of... Well, the Rangers came out of nowhere. The Astros, they've always been really good. But you didn't expect this. And now, you I mean, you were always fighting with the Astros, and now you got to deal with the Rangers. I just don't... I don't know. I'm really frustrated with that franchise that you've mismanaged two of the best guys. And yet, like, I just... It's mind blowing. It really is. No, I mean, 100% is. The only other thing is
1: that the wild card race always remains open.
0: Right, but even then, though, the AL is so strong this year, too, because, I mean, you look at the AL East. They're three games back right now in the wild right. card. It's possible. Which is crazy to think about, because, I mean, the Rays and the Orioles, we, no one expected the Orioles to do this well. No. 62 wins already. I mean, what, what do you think their win total was at the beginning of the year? You, it definitely wasn't as high as they're going to end right. up, I'll tell you that much. But. I, I don't know. It's it's really frustrating, and I hope Otani at least makes the right decision in the sense of, like, going to a team where he can contend because I would love to see him win a World Series, and I think that would just help his case in being one of the greatest players of all time. Oh, of course it would, without a doubt.
1: Uh, last story we have on the docket, Carlos Santana, former Cleveland, then Indian, now Guardian, whatever terminology you want to use there. I'm going to say Cleveland Indian because that's what he was. Traded to the Milwaukee Brewers for the 18-year-old shortstop prospect, Johnny Severino. I think it's a good move on both parts. The Pirates pick up a young guy. They're obviously not doing anything right now. And unfortunately, as I'm rooting for the Reds all year, Milwaukee picked up a pretty decent bat and reliable first base sub
0: It's kind of crazy that Carlos Santana is still in the league. And not playing poorly. Yeah, I know. He's actually like doing decent. But, yeah, I mean, again, if you're the Pirates right now, you had a lot of hope at the beginning of the season. And my roommate, I always mess around with him because he's from Pittsburgh and huge Pirates fan. You obviously just kind of need to build up from the ground at this point because, again, it just didn't pan out like every year. But, you know, I mean, the Pirates are basically in the same boat as the Guardians. It's just – Unfortunately they're okay, I wouldn't say probably same boat. Yeah, a little bit because different boat. obviously you know, forty-five points are not doing too
1: hot right yeah, now. The Guardians are sitting on the boat, the pirates are swimming to the boat and yeah. with sharks chasing.
0: They kind of fell off the boat at the beginning after the beginning of the season. But it's in the same sense of like you just you're not a big market team. You're going to have to build up through prospects. So when you can get a prospect for a bat that probably won't be with you for too long you might as well do it and there, there's so much potential with that team that's the crazy part I mean, they have a just, lot of good young players you just drafted paul Skeens. that's gonna he's gonna fly through the system i'm assuming o'neal cruz all of those guys and like,
1: they've been missing him all year
0: yeah he's he, i mean he always deals with injuries though unfortunately that's what you get with a six seven short south right <laughs> so hopefully ellie dale cruz doesn't Go down the same path. Hey, but pump the brakes! Don't even put that in the universe. I know. I, we're <laughs> saying a prayer for it. Don't worry. You need it. Have you? Okay. Go. We'll we'll finish up hot off the press, and then I'll ask this question. All right. Well, wrap it up then. Who do we need to call over here? Do we we need to call. Oh, yeah. We do need to call someone. Lisa, can you please put out the fire? Fire! Lisa! Lisa don't no, don't Lisa! No, No, Lisa! Great. And we'll never get the game back. Of course we will. Yeah, there it is. Have you, like, talked about the amount of money that you're going to win? I don't if, know. I mean, I keep re-upping on it, which is kind of crazy. Um, I, I just didn't – because we've talked about it, and it, it blew my mind. Because that was on Tuesday when you mentioned it to me.
1: Yeah. Uh. Well, I, I got it pulled up because I keep a notes app of it running. um, <laughs> Just so I can keep track. There's uh, a degenerate gambler. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um it's Guardians to win the AL Central and Reds to win the NL Central, the two button like bets that I have that will boost my money. Uh I basically have sixty five dollars coming for free when the Reds hit sixty five wins because or sixty six wins, excuse me, because I've been on that since the beginning of the season. That was free money. Yeah, it absolutely was. If I had more money in my account, I would have hammered it a lot harder, but I'm broke. <laughs> Same um, here, man. Paycheck did come in, so we're we're chilling. There we go. He's got money, ladies and gentlemen. Um, sort of. It's not really <laughs> enough to stay alive. Uh, guards to win the AL Central on its own would be one hundred and forty dollars profit. Um, Reds to win the NL Central on its own, all off of free bets, by the way, fifteen thirty eight, and That's... parlaying the Reds and Guardians to win their divisions together, another six
0: hundred two fifty. That just sounds like. We're gonna get a drink if the. Oh, we're gonna get a
1: we're gonna get a couple drinks if the, we're gonna get if the Reds win the NL Central. That's gonna be a fun night. Which, by the way, I think both of the Reds and the Guardians a game and a half
0: out. I can double check right around that. there. Yes, game and a half for the Gardos, and then also a game and a half for the Reds. So it's very doable. Yeah, but they're not the same record, obviously. No, no, not at all. Hey, we're back above five hundred though.
1: Yeah, we are, and we're fighting, and we're uh, should have a decent game today. Again, this Friday, I believe it's. Tukey Toussaint pitching for the White Sox, which former Guardian, we called him up for one start. He got shelled. And then uh, we... Curry's on the mound tonight for us, right? That's the unfortunate part on the other end.
0: Oh. Uh, Not a
1: shot at Curry. He's just, you know, it's a bullpen game. He he can't go more than like three, maybe four innings if he pitches really well, less if he does not Ah,
0: yes. The good old opener mentality.
1: I mean, they try to make him a starter, right? But it's like... Just doesn't pan out usually. And this would be the Guard spot which we'll get into here real quick, yeah. but he's on the 15-day IL. He's been dealing with, I think, a blister on his finger for quite some time, like a bad blister. So, Yeah. Uh, but let's get right into it. Speaking of Noah Syndergaard, if that name you're like, who? What? Uh, if you miss the news, the Guardians finally, finally clear up the middle infield by trading Ahmed Rosario away to the Dodgers, and they get Noah Syndergaard in cash back.
0: It was the weirdest trade, in my opinion.
1: But it was so early; I was not ready. The news just hit, and I was like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa, whoa wait, huh?" Why I was, was in, at work.
0: Yeah, I know. I was in my basement, ready to get going to a Wednesday night little uh, line dancing. And I was just <laughs> right, chilling cowboy. down there. Yeah, no, it's actually a fun time. But uh, I was chilling down there, and I saw a pop up on my phone. I'm like, "Like what?" I, I didn't know what we were thinking about in return. I kind of I was just happy that it. <laughs> the log jam is like finally starting to clear up
1: a little bit and I think Ahmed's played really well this year better as the year has gone on actually it's just
0: but at the same time when you have that many guys that have potential, like you just need to move off of them that's the thing he was gone when the year ended,
1: no matter what, and it was just like, God, I love the production he's giving us, but you gotta get answers
0: no, and that's the thing, and I don't know if he was really I, he wasn't a long term plan. No, That's what not. I think it was. I think for a couple of years he was going to be there until we got some guys that developed, which then they eventually did. And then you go out there and you get some value, I guess. I So here's, here's the There is value, yeah. Yeah.
1: Let, let's talk before we go into uh, what this means for the Guardians on the offensive side and in the actual field. Let's talk about the pitching side of it because you get Noah Syndergaard and cashback. Before I go directly into Syndergaard, I want to talk about what the cash meant. Basically, Syndergaard was on a much heftier contract Obviously, than Ahmed Rosario yeah. was on with the arbitration.
0: Which makes sense.
1: Uh, all the Dodgers did was give the Guardians enough cash to completely offset the contract for Syndergaard. So the cap did not change in the slightest for the Guardians. They just took all the money that Syndergaard was making over Rosario and just handed it over, and they're like, there you go. It's like a one-for-one. One. It was, Yeah.
0: Really, really strange deal. And Syndergaard's been really bad this year. Let's not beat around the bush. No, it, he has been horrible. He's Uh-oh. been 1-4 in with a 7.61 ERA.
1: Yeah, and again, dealt with some injuries. He only pitched in 12 games so far this year. But, again, has not been good. I mean, anytime your ERA starts with a 7, you're... Not a good sign. Yeah, you're on the struggle bus. But the good thing about Syndergaard is with the condition you're in with the Guardians right now for starting pitching, you don't need a guy that can go up there and huck a three ERA right now. You need a guy that can go up there and huck five, six innings. Like You just need innings. That's the thing. We've been talking about the bullpen struggling, and they have been. Part of the reason for that, and we'll get into the bullpen later in this episode too, part of the reason for it is the fact that they're being overused. Oh, yeah. You need more depth. Like the bullpen pitching, especially when you have somebody like Xavion Curry pitching, and that's not a shot at Xavion again, it's just the inning things. Your bullpen's going to get used, they're going to get stretched thin. And then, if you go into games later that week where you're not getting off days in between, those guys have to get used on shorter rest, more like on more occasions. So, you're talking to guys pitching three times in five or six days, like over that stretch
0: of period, the guy's arm gets tired, he's going to give up runs. Well, and that's the issue, too. You have so many injuries right now, because I mean, think about it: Bieber, Mackenzie, uh, savali has been on and off. I, I mean, Quantrill, Quantrill, like you. At some point, and I get it. Like you know, bring up the rookies and stuff, and get you just the rookies are up, man. Yeah, they they're, they're all up at this point. Like there's no more left. You go, actually just need a legitimate arm now in the in your rotation. Go look at the Columbus. Clippers pitching staff right now? It's horrible.
1: I don't know. It's that horrible. They, I don't know that there's a starter with under like a 4 ERA.
0: They're literally all up into the MLB now at this point. Yeah,
1: anybody who was having any success there in or, the starting rotation is now up.
0: Or if anything, they're hurt as
1: yeah. well too. Right. Like you so about it's injuries or they're already up. The only other guy I can even think of off the top of my head is like Peyton Battenfield. That's what
0: that's what I was referring to. Yeah, he's on the yeah. sixty day as well. So I look at it and it at least provides depth. What's his contract? That's the real
1: question. Uh, I can pull it up. I'm pretty sure he's on a one year deal as well, because I think that's what he signed with the Dodgers. But again, the money is gonna be the exact same as a Matt Rosario with the cash coming in from the Dodgers, so it doesn't mean anything. But yes, right. a one year thirteen million dollar contract.
0: So the way that I look at this, yes, obviously I probably wanted prospects in it, but you're you weren't gonna get prospects. N- not for Ahmed Rosario. Real.
1: Not for two and a half months of a guy. That's who's- gonna be a bat on your bench. Right. Like in the Dodgers, if anything, were going to be the ones to give up prospects. But it's not like it was going to be somebody highly touted.
0: No, it wasn't going to be a highly touted guy. And if anything, it, it could have even made more of a log jam as yeah, well, like, if you really think about it. What position are you getting
1: a prospect right now that you're like, oh, we just direly need this right here? You could maybe
0: make the case for like an outfielder, outfielder but... Even then, Prospects in the outfield's not helping you right Valera, now. Valera, but... yeah, like Valera's going to be up next year, I'm assuming. So most likely. At that point, I get where they're going with it. And also too, like I didn't really care too much of what was in return. Yeah, obviously, again, a nice little prospect piece would have been good, but at the same time it it was more of a thing of just getting rid of a guy that's in a just a cl- just clogged, messed up middle infield. And before we get
1: into the middle infield, really quick, Syndergaard has not been that bad, by the way. Like it's been a bad year this year. Over the two years before, it's been a struggle to stay on the mound as well, which is the kind of scary part with him being on the IL already. But 25 games over the last two years, uh, he ended last year with the Phillies with a 4.12 ERA. The year before, at the Angels, a 3.83.
0: Either of those are completely acceptable. And, again, it's just staying healthy is going to be the key for Syndergaard moving forward. Because we've seen Noah Syndergaard be dominant. There's oh, for, no I mean, question about that. You don't get the nickname
1: Thor from not being any good. Well, I
0: mean, you know, you got the long hair. but still, I mean, he, he looks like a yeah, Yes,
1: you, you don't name a guy with 70RA Thor, okay? Like, he was good. Right. You name a guy
0: with 70RA, like, Walmart Thor. <laughs> Walmart Thor. But either way, there's a lot of potential there. And... If you think about it, what's the one team that can really unlock potential out of a pitcher? Yeah, you're sitting right in the city with they exist. So, if any guy can turn it around with any city, I think this is probably the perfect scenario. Again, I don't expect him to be here next year, obviously. probably not. Because at that point, you already got guys coming back. You got Bieber and McKenzie. They'll be back, and Williams will probably be shadowed into the... Third, like I mean, it, it's weird to think like we were talking like, oh yeah, he's probably going to be the ace in maybe a year or two, and now it's just like, well, he's going to be back at the third spot because of Shane Bieber coming back at least at the start of the year. Yeah, if you and really if you don't about trade it, him in the off season. I, yeah, yeah, and I don't know if he will get moved in the off season because then now you, the value is just very low. Yeah, I, I, it depends what. It's you can at get an back. all-time low if you're if you really think about it, in the offseason. Oh, yeah, of course. Well, not even
1: – I mean, you get better in the offseason than you would at the trade deadline, but – Not necessarily. You get a guy for a full year that you pretty much know what you're getting out of him instead of three months, but
0: – Right, I'm just saying, though either,
1: – Either way, it's, the longer you wait, the more the value diminishes Yeah, no, that's what I'm saying.
0: That's what I was kind of going with. It, it just – I don't know. I it, It's weird to just think about the, the pitching staff now that – most likely, because I'm going to take the guess that he's going to be back.
1: I, yeah, I don't know. We'll see what happens in the Obviously, yeah, we don't,
0: everything's just been weird this season.
1: Yeah, I'm not willing to make the money he'll be back to start the year next year, but I also am not saying that he won't be. Like, Yeah, there's it, a chance. It's a coin flip. You could trade him before the year
0: starts, you could trade him some point on. I think at any point you probably move off of him. You're going to move off of him next year at some point. Yeah. I, I think that's going to be the case, but... I think also, too, you may wait a little bit in the season just because, again, you dealt with injuries this year and you don't know if you're going to deal with injuries again. So maybe keeping them around just as at least providing depth helps. But at the same time, what do you, you need something in return. Yeah. A so. little off topic right now. No, we're, I know. We're just, in a real I was end. just thinking about
1: no. that the other day. All good. All good. We'll, we'll get to that even a little bit later. We'll touch on it again. Yeah. But – Talked about Cindergard, uh, Ahmed Rosario in terms of for the Dodgers, a much better role for how he's playing right now. You probably look at him as a possible DH suitor there, as well as like a late game pinch hitter, situational hitter. So he doesn't have to play as much defense, or they just hope that they can respark his defensive ability because years past
0: he wasn't bad. But this, this year, year it's just been abysmal. I, he's cratered. Like he's been the worst defensive I don't shortstop it. in baseball. Yeah. He kind of fell off on the defensive end. Not not even kind of. No, it's, he 100% fell, he off fell off. To like the depths of the earth. But yeah, and that's the thing too. In the Dodgers perspective, you need more bats. Take a chance on a guy like Ahmed Rosario where he has been pretty good at the plate this year. It's starting to come around a little bit more. He's hitting 265. Yeah. The power hasn't really been there, but situationally, he's, he's been really good. Right. Then that's what you're going to get him for. You're not going to have him as your everyday shortstop. And you don't need him to be your everyday shortstop. Not in L.A., you don't. Right. If anything, and. Every other day DH situational bat makes a lot of sense there and just overall, it just makes sense for Rosario moving forward in his career. I don't I'm not saying that he's declining or anything like that, but once the defense starts to fall off a little bit, it gets a little sketchy then. He's now like, where else are you gonna play? So if, in a role of a DH, I like it a lot for the Dodgers perspective. Or just, you know, again, as you said, situational.
1: Yeah, and I, I could see him going to L.A. and being a better defender. I don't know if I want to say good, but better than he was here. You, you never know what's going Who on. Who
0: knows? Maybe he turns it around, too.
1: Yeah, like, it, it could have been a looming thing where he's sitting in the defense, overpressurizing himself, two guys sitting behind him that are playing well. Not to mention, it's probably already on your mind that you could very well be traded in your third year of like, arbitration and right? probably not coming back. Like, the team's probably not going to re-sign you. There's a lot of things that go into a guy's head, and I just think,
0: you know, it, it's possible
1: it was that, but it was also a really big drop off. Like, it was a
0: it was a pretty big drop off. I don't think he goes to being like a top ten defensive shortstop. No, he, he I obviously he, not.
1: At best, you put a middle serviceable. Of the road. Yeah, yeah.
0: But overall, I think it's a good move on both ends. Not necessarily just even like a pitching perspective from the Guardians. Like, I get it. Why was a not big take thing the chance? For
1: me. Like. Syndergaard can eat up some innings while guys are hurt, and you get answers at the middle infield, and we can go right into the middle infield. Because you have two guys who've been sitting behind him practically all year, just not getting their opportunities, and Gabriel Arias and Tyler Freeman. We've talked about this, I mean, pretty much at nauseam at this point, right? Oh, yeah. Tyler Freeman's a guy who I think should be getting a lot of reps. Gabriel Arias, a guy who really highly touted prospect. I don't want to say one of us is really higher on him than the other, but...
0: He should just get a role at some point. Yeah,
1: like, you would like to see a guy that high at least get a shot before you move him away, so you don't end up with a Nolan Jones kind of situation where we've seen that right. happen multiple times. Will Benson, Alex uh The list goes Alex on. Alex Young. Yeah. Uh, but we got some answers yesterday in Thursday night's game. Gabriel Arias gets a start at shortstop. What? Why that is... I'm not exactly sure. I couldn't tell you. But Arias does get the start, and he plays really well. He goes two for four and five at-bats. He earns a walk, a single, and then a double that he ended up on
0: third because of an error. It's In a way, it brings up even more question marks. Oh, 100% it does for right now.
1: It's frustrating. Uh, because Tyler Freeman's obviously been the better hitter all year. That's like, what I'm saying. Arias, even after yesterday's performance, still hitting below the 200 mark. Freeman nearly at 300. And granted, with a lot less sample size for Freeman, I think
0: he's played about half the games that Arias has. Yeah, he's been, he has it. It looks like at least half of the bats that Arias has. So I don't want to
1: make it like a one to one comparison because obviously Arias has been there. And again, we've talked about it being moved all around. He's played first, third, right, short, second. Like, He's been everywhere. You you can make a case for both of them. 100% you can. In either way, whatever one you go with, you get an answer this year, right? And, and yeah. Tito's talked about this. The worst thing you can do is at the end of the season be left without an answer. You'd rather have that answer be no than not get one at all. Like if you play Arias all year and it's just like, yeah, he's not it. At least you know. Yeah. And now you can solve it next year. If you start to play them both and you're like, oh my gosh, I just I have no clue, that's the worst-case scenario. Because now you go into the offseason or next year going,
0: who do I play at shortstop? Well, and the other thing, too, is you got other guys still. Yeah, like, we've talked about it. Rokio. Rocchio's banging on the door. Yeah, like
1: he's in AAA and then obviously a couple of guys a little farther back in Juan Brito and Angel Martinez. But
0: I kind of wanted them to move off of one more piece in this.
1: It's still possible, by the way. They, they, we're we're yeah, recording obviously, this on uh, July 28th. The trade deadline's not until the Monday midday, or Tuesday, August yeah. 1st.
0: Yeah. So there's a chance that obviously they, they clear it up even more. But at the same time, you, like I said, you have more question marks now because who does get the start? And who do you roll with for the rest of the year? After, I mean, game one, you imagine –
1: it probably starts to be Arius and we're recording this at 2 p.m. in the game, I believe, tonight at 7.10. Again, this being Friday, so we don't have lineups yet, I don't believe. No, we do not, so we won't know who got who's in the starting. starting lineup. Maybe we will later in the episode. Yeah, I, I'd assume probably not. They usually release it like hour and a half, two hours before. Yeah. So we probably won't get that, unfortunately, but we can just sit here and throw question marks out. I think at this point, who you start the first game makes a big difference in my mind, and you I started Arius.
0: I agree. I think uh, there's two different ways to look at it. One, you have the issue of power. You lack a lot of power, and let's let's be straight up honest. Like, Arias takes the
1: cake for that one. Yeah, I don't think either guy's hitting like crazy amounts of home runs with a full season. But but it, Tyler Freeman hasn't hit one yet. Arias is at four.
0: Right. So that's the one case that I could see. But if you're looking more in a consistent form, Tyler Freeman becomes the answer. And also, too, it matters how much you could get out of both of them. Because if you could get more off of Aries than Freeman, I wouldn't mind moving off of him. I, I think the
1: only fear is, I think the organization's still really high on Arias and if you move off of him, you come into that problem of like are we making a massive mistake
0: right but at the same time Tyler Freeman's in the same boat
1: no 100% you are like i think if you move because off they're they're high on Tyler Freeman as well they like both of these guys were in the top 30 prospects ranks when they made their debuts so you sit there and it's like like you hate to lose either guy without really giving him a shot especially Tyler Freeman hitting 300 Arias never really getting a shot, again, those are situations where you hate to look at it. My question to you, then, would be do you see a possibility this year where for the rest of the year they just platoon these two guys? Where it's just, like, they're just swapping them. Obviously, each guy's still going to get reps, right? Like, that's just the nature of baseball. No guy's going to play every day. But I'm talking a true platoon, where it's almost every other day that these guys are swapping.
0: Oh, I think that Tito is fully capable of doing that, and I think he actually would do
1: that. I think that's the most likely option, and I don't think it's my favorite option. But the problem is, then, what hap- Like, Neither guy settles into an all-day role, right. and you just leave yourself with, again, the possibility of
0: what if they both play well, or what if they both stink it up. But what happens then, too, if you don't give a guy playing time? And then they, you don't really find out what his true value is. That's uh, the other well, thing, the too. the
1: thing is, if you don't give one I'm guy playing time— I'm just playing, playing devil's no, advocate on that one. Yeah, but, but I'm saying if you don't give one guy playing time, you still get an answer right. because you get the answer on the other no, guy. No, and I, I agree completely with that. Like, if Arias hits 270 the rest of the season and lights it up and he played, okay, I'm okay moving off Freeman now because Arias, clearly, when given an everyday shortstop role, can play really well.
0: And that's, and that's the reason why I wanted to bring it up is because— Tito's in a really hard situation with this one. And I don't don't think people are giving him enough credit for it because, again, everyone's like, oh, fire Tito, blah, blah, blah. And just like, it's just like, all right, chill out. You don't understand that this is pretty complex and that there's so many layers to it because they don't want to have another Nolan Jones situation or another Benson because it's just, it's been notorious for that. And they don't want to move off of the wrong guy. So I, I, I. We'll see what happens, where they end up moving with it. Again, I wouldn't be surprised if they ended up going in the direction of platoon. Yeah,
1: I saw a top tier tweet by the way.
0: Let's hear it. Uh, it was about the Rosario
1: trade, and it was like trading Rosario is the absolute money ball equivalent of trading Pena. Where if you <laughs> I know that movie, one yeah, too, yeah. where it's just like, it's like. The whole so time, the owner's like, start, he's like, play Hattaberg. And he's like, it's my team. I'm making my decision. I'm playing Peña. He's going to be rookie of the year. And he's like, but we'd win more games with Hattaberg. And they just won't do it. And then at the deadline, they're like, fine, you won't play Peña? I traded him. You can't play You <laughs> or, can't play Peña tonight. You, why not? <laughs> yeah. You love, to, you love to think of a situation where it's the exact same thing of like, no, I'm playing Rosario. He's playing while he's right there. And the owner's just, yeah, well, you can't play Rosario. But why can't I? Because he's not on our roster anymore. Give Arius the start. Yeah. So Okay, I don't think that's a situation, obviously. No, I think obviously there's more not. communication, but it obviously, is really funny obviously. to think that oh, that's no, what happened. It, it is. It is oh, and
0: I love quoting Moneyball
1: all the time. Of course. My favorite sports movie of all time.
0: But if, I think the question is this to finally kind of wrap it up, who would you start then? So I've been on Freeman all year. I'm not gonna change my opinion on that. I'd go Freeman. Uh, I personally. would lock in
1: Freeman just because I think he's been the better hitter. And if you're going to strive for a playoff run and still compete, he's the guy who looks like he's going to give you the best opportunity with a bat in his hands. But I also don't have a problem with you going with Arias. I'm fine if you go with it. It's not going to, like, kill me. Because, again, you just pick one side and you get an answer.
0: What ha- Do you think that there's – what happens to the other guy then?
1: Uh, Do you move off of him? Um, I think you move off of them. So I think the most likely thing is that they platoon, which is what I don't want. No, I don't want that either. But it all depends on how they get. You keep both of them right now. Really? You you hold on to both. You do not trade one of those guys. If you want to clear up something in the middle infield, you either trade a guy like Angel Martinez or Brian Rocchio. I
0: think they're... mm, I wouldn't want
1: to do that again either.
0: No, I think what they're going to do... I, I truthfully think one of them will probably be moved off of. Because Rokio will eventually be brought up. That's what I'm thinking. Because if you think about it, they're going to be in the same situation as next year then. Because Rokio's going to have to be up next year. Oh, I There's think no he's doubt on the it. roster, yeah. But, again, let's just say you played
1: Arias this season. If he's your guy and he's good, it doesn't matter. Right, obviously. But, but if he's bad, you hold on to Freeman, start of next year. Freeman, it's your job. Go play for it. You give him a couple months if he's not playing hot. Okay, Freeman's not the answer either. Here comes Brian Rocchio. You, you just move through the totem pole. And right now, Arias is the bottom guy on that totem pole.
0: Are we going to keep chopping or not? Right? It's, it's a tough situation. You could go about it multiple different ways, and I'd be okay with it. But I think if you're just not walking out of this season with an answer, that's when I'm going to have an issue. That's my big problem. Again, pick one of them, play them. Get your results,
1: and I think you get to know what the guys like as an everyday shortstop. Then, yeah, like if you keep platooning them, there's still that like, oh, it's a competitive nature. You're you're still going to be playing for your job. That pressure is
0: going to be there either way. But, but hey. at the same time, I kind of wish they did this earlier, so then you could have started this process. But obviously, it it probably wouldn't have been done.
1: Yeah, it's just an organizational problem, yeah. I'm sure, of just like not being able to get a trade piece until the deadline for Rosario. Exactly. So, like, I know they tried to trade him in the offseason, too, and it just didn't happen. Like, the value wasn't there. You weren't going to get what you wanted. And if you would have offered Syndergaard cash at the start of the year, the Guardians would have laughed in your face. Right. Like, this is purely because of the injuries. Yep. So, again, I think that it should be Freeman, but I also don't have a problem with it being Arias if that's the way we go. Only problem I have is if you get a platoon, and it's possible the platoon figures it out, too, but if it doesn't, you're in big trouble.
0: I just want an answer. That's my
1: big goal out of all of this. I couldn't agree with you anymore. Just give me a guy who can play shortstop or who can't play shortstop and give me that definitively. Yeah, I agree. Hey, enjoying this edition of Mistake by the Take? Never miss an episode by hitting the follow button on the podcast and by dropping a follow on our social medias. That's at mistake by the take on Instagram and at MBTT pod on Twitter. Again, at mistake by the take on Instagram and at MBTT pod on Twitter. Thanks a lot. And now back to the show. Um, but moving on again, that was the trade. We uh, have the other bad news that we've already kind of alluded to and talked about a little bit. Shane Bieber, Initially was on the 15-day IL. We talked about this in Hot Off the Press in episode 22. He's now been moved to the 60-day. And if you haven't figured it out by now, Shane Bieber is going to be a Guardian for the rest of the season. That is without a doubt a thing. At least, yeah. Yeah. Like You can say that pretty much 100% at this point. Nobody's trading for a pitcher that can't even be in the majors until September 10th at the earliest. It's frustrating because... I think they
0: definitely could have got a lot of value out of him.
1: I think so, too. I think you could have either gotten a prospect haul or even like and, a couple prospects and a bat that could possibly make an impact.
0: And I don't think they obviously the value diminished as the year went on. But at the same time, you still were going to get a lot. And then it just doesn't pan out. And
1: I think there's two types of fans here, too, that think you are going to get like an absolute haul for him. Like, he was the Cy Young winner still, right. which obviously not. no. And there were people saying that he had no value, which I also don't think was true.
0: I think we were probably in the realistic boat of, you still were going to get a middle of the rotation guy. Yeah, you're So that's going to equate to at least something. You you were trading, what you were going to get back is like a number
1: three in the rotation worth of, you know, that was right. what you were going to You were trading a number three in the rotation to somebody else and you were going to get compensated fairly for that.
0: Yeah, I was assuming probably two prospects. I don't know, Two to th- three's probably pushing it. Yeah,
1: three would be—I think it depends, because I don't think the Guardians necessarily wanted prospects back either. Like They wanted a, possible, a bat, A yeah. prospect that could have been called up immediately is a thing, like a guy who's kind of MLB ready.
0: Or they could have just went with a bat. Yeah, like
1: that, that was, that was other very thing too. And too. they
0: could have just been—like this one-for-one one deal where it's like, okay, you get a really good bat, and they just the other team didn't have pitching, so they just gave up that piece. You know, Even— for, um, I mean, a bullpen arm was possible too. Even a bullpen arm was in discussion, which I we'll think probably talk been. about like later in the episode as yeah, well. We but I, it was definitely a possibility there. It, it's frustrating because now he was going to be a reason why you would have a little bit of hope moving forward that you could address needs. And now you're kind of just like, well, we're back into square one. And we just don't have answers in other places now. Yeah,
1: and with the injury, I think it would have been hard to trade Bieber anyway. Oh, honestly, I agree.
0: Because you weren't going to move him if he was—I I still think, if even if he was on the 15-day DL, I still kind of figured that he wouldn't be traded.
1: No, he definitely was not going to be. The Plus, like, the starts, there's just too many question marks, and the injury cleared up some of those, but, like, four of his last five starts, he had
0: given up four or more runs. Right. That was that was the issue where people, his value did start to diminish throughout his performances, but it was the injuries that killed it, obviously. It wasn't... I don't think, again, we were going to see something where he would get absolutely nothing. We should have just kept him. I think we, again, would have gotten something, but it brings up the question as well, too. Did you wait too long on it? Oh, I think...
1: You 100%—I don't know that you waited too long to make the trade, but you definitely waited too long in the fact of you should have shut him down. Yeah. Like, you shouldn't have—there If there was uncomfortability in his arm. He should not have been going because you were going to trade him. That's when you throw him on the 15-day IL, and you're like, oh, you know, it's elbow soreness. And then everyone's like, oh, yeah, it's elbow soreness. Sure. Like, he's about to get traded. Right. And you don't want to risk him not pitching well and or getting hurt and ruining his value which i think is a smart move there and clearly this is the exact reason
0: why which brings up the point that i don't know if the guardians were fully in on the idea of getting rid of him
1: i don't know that you were fully in on like we have to trade him but you were definitely like we're going to shop and yeah take you our were going to find
0: an you were going to find an option potentially and now it didn't work out I think you needed the right price to move off him. I don't think it was guaranteed. I don't think they were going to get the right price. That was the issue that when it wasn't before the trade deadline. Because no, because no, no, the trade deadline obviously brings out a lot of anxiety with teams that's like, "All right, we need one last piece. Let's go get it. Do whatever we have to," especially with for example, like the Angels, they go out and get Lucas G- Giolito. Sorry. That name's hard. Even I'm Giolito. Yeah, I'm, I'm Italian. Sometimes I botch it. Giolito. I mean, it goes to show you that teams are desperate. And they give up four prospects at granted They also got a bullpen piece as well. But in the same boat, like, that's four prospects.
1: Yeah, you got two pretty good guys. right? Of, like, what, Ronaldo Lopez isn't bad. And Giolito's, I mean, been one of the better pitchers in the league for right. some time.
0: So now you're kind of looking at it like, yeah, you definitely could have gotten something. Yeah, like, you could have gotten something. I think
1: Giolito's in a much better spot than Bieber was right now. Oh, 100%. But you also, yeah. And you could have packaged somebody else with Bieber, too. We talked about it. You could have packaged Ahmed. You could have went with somebody like Oscar Gonzalez, one of the middle infielders. You could have gone a bullpen arm.
0: It's just more of me saying that desperation comes out more during the trade deadline.
1: It does. I don't know that you necessarily get more than you would, but you get teams to move faster and work through their progressions, whereas if you're not trading around the trade deadline— Trade talks are much more likely to stall out. Well, and also, too, you're more likely to get what you want. Yeah. The, I, again, I think teams would still be willing to get there. It's just like, you start to talk and you're like, ah, we need more. And teams are like, yeah. mm, no. And then it's kind like, of a little could,
0: push off the cliff yeah. that you need. Just and then the deadline yeah. comes back up and you're like, I still need that. And they're like, yeah, or an injury well, happens. Well, it's now or yeah. never, right? Like, yeah. The injury happens and they need it more
1: in right. that sense. And teams, yeah, you do get desperate around the deadline to be like, okay, if we don't make a move now, we're stuck with what we have. Exactly. Let's just do it. Yep. Uh, But, again, Shane Bieber not going to be traded and not available until at least September 10th, which, if you're the Guardians, it does suck. But if you're able to coast and stay towards the top of the division, you have him possibly for an end-of-the-season run slash postseason run. Which helps a ton. Yeah, like, if you want to try to win a series in the playoffs, Shane Bieber being there is a big plus.
0: And the thing is, with, like, Attendance being up, and we saw. By the way, way record, up. yeah, record-setting numbers
1: like this past couple, weekend. Yeah, the weekend we saw a crazy. I think the most since we'd had since like I think it was 2017 in a weekend uh, against the Phillies, and then uh, one of the day games. Yeah, And this last week were one of the most like filled day games in a big portion of time too.
0: So when you're looking at it from that perspective, from a very very pr- business perspective. It's not bad that you're hanging around and you just sneak into the playoffs. Yeah. If you really think about it, because then, all right, make a few extra bucks off a couple more games. Might as well. If you make the playoffs, it's a, like it's You a, it's always a want to make the
1: playoffs, and especially with young teams, you want to make the playoffs. Because it's a lot promising and you get experience for them. Playoff experience is great, which is why I'm not opposed, as we've talked about before, we won't go into this, but like getting starters young starters, these rookies, in during the playoffs, I'm fine with. Because
0: you don't expect to win this year, and you I, get reps. I think also, too, it's just as long as you don't have the mentality of going all-in. Because yeah. if you're saying, like, oh, yeah, we need to go all-in, we need to trade this and get rid of our farm system to try to potentially win something, like, obviously not. The AL is at an all-time high right now. Yeah. So you you know that you're at an all-time high in the American League when the Orioles are winning their division. Yeah. So I'm okay with getting into the playoffs and just sneaking in and again getting reps for the younger guys. So it's it, and it's again not a bad thing revenue-wise. Gets no. more fans in for a couple more games.
1: No, I mean and you get your own guys playoff experience, yep. that looks great. And if you don't win it this year, it just sets you up that much better for the years following. Exactly. Because a lot of these guys are going to be on the roster for some time to come. Like, Bo Naylor's not going anywhere. Josh Naylor's not going anywhere. Andres, Jose already has that experience. But Quan, like, more and more playoff experience. Right. And the pitchers, as we talked about. There was also moves made in conjunction with moving Bieber to the 60-day. Um, first things first, Tim Heron gets option to AAA. Welcome to Columbus! Unfortunate, we've seen this like nine times at this point this year. I don't even think he's been pitching that bad. They're just all over the place. Like They're trying to find a left-handed arm that works. In his last start against Philly on Sunday, which is the one where the Guardians blew up in the 10th, uh, he had given up three runs, two of them earned. But before that, he had had a stretch of four or five appearances scoreless, although one of those was a three-walk immediately get pulled and somebody pitched out of it. But still, I think he'd been okay. Uh, That was, again, a guy that's been moved so many times. I don't know how many more times you can option him. I can't imagine it's more than one before you have to actually no, just DFA agree. him. Uh, I feel like you've used up all of his options. He's been up and down four or five times this year. Yeah. Um, But I, not was... a guy that really does anything for no. me. He's been all right here and there, struggled. It's okay. Uh, You call up a veteran, though, in Daniel Norris. Norris only making... Two appearances so far this year. One of them earlier in the year, he went two innings, struggled with walks. And then since he was called back up, two innings scoreless. That was on Monday.
0: I think it just, again, the bullpen is still struggling. By the way,
1: another left-handed
0: arm. Right. And I think we're going to get into that once we talk probably potential trade pieces at the deadline. Because it's going to be an issue, not even just for this year, but in years to come. So it doesn't hurt to, if you, again, get the right price for the right guy, pull the trigger and go ahead and do it.
1: I think part of this move specifically, too, was the fact that you add a veteran into this bullpen, which is something that they're massively lacking. Oh,
0: totally, because right now it's just Classe and that's
1: it. Well, try to, try to name me. nothing else. By the way, I'm about to pull this up. Let's, try, try to name me the oldest guy outside of now Daniel Norris in the Guardians' bullpen. Who do you think that is? I don't know. It, does one pop to mind right away? No. I'm not sure that it should. Outside I mean, of Daniel Norris, you are looking at Michael Kelly, who just got called up as well. Okay. So that one, again, out of my mind, really doesn't count. Right. Other than that, the oldest guy is 27. Who is it? Uh, I'd, I'd have to like sit here and search birthdays, so I'll just rattle off the guys that are 27. Uh De Los Santos is 27. Henches is 27. I was going to say probably Henches. Morgan is. and Trevor Steffen. But th- that's not a vet.
0: No. like Those guys have been up for a couple of years. Like You probably think Steffen, my, but he's dealing with his yeah. own problems. My bet was it was going to be Henches. But I did, I, again, I, I don't know. Even then, like your youngest piece is 27. Your oldest piece, yeah. I mean, your oldest piece, my bad. You're just a young, young bullpen.
1: And so I think adding any type of veteran leadership in there helps these guys maybe settle down. Like, Daniel Norris and Michael Kelly have been in bullpens where it's like, yeah, we've been up and down before, right? Like
0: When there's a couple of guys that I can really look at and be like, all right, that would at least be cool, but it also kind of like, it'd make a lot of sense. Yeah. Uh, before we jump straight into the bullpen, though,
1: one last move that went right in hand with that little swap. Obviously, when you move a guy to a 60-day, you get an extra roster spot, and the Guardians finally use that roster spot to call up... The A masher in beginning of the year stud playoff standout in 2022, Oscar Gonzalez.
0: Yeah, uh, you might as well bring him up at this point because the dude has just been mashing the freaking ball down in AAA. It's It's been absurd numbers. Uh, yeah, the dude's been hitting like
1: 400 down there. Get him up. By the yeah. way, comes in to pinch hit. Uh, he went and got a hit. Crazy how that works. Well, and it's, a, it's electric too when you usually
0: bring him in. Like, fans dig it all the time.
1: Well, yeah. Also, I mean, you walk to the plate and
0: Spongebob plays.
1: Right. Everyone gets hyped up about that. Like, that was one of the fan favorites. Uh, like, uh, it gets me a little, like, excited. Like, it just brings out the inner kid in you, and it's like, oh. oh totally. like, it's just fun. Like, he's a fun player to watch. I don't really think he was given much of a fair opportunity, although the offense was so bad to begin the year, something had to happen, so I understand it. But it's just unfortunate. And his hit, by the way, was an infield single, but you get a hit. He's there. He gets on. Yeah. And you love to see the guy get called up and then boost up his average, now up to a 203. Finally. Uh, I think that's going to be really good, though. You're going to have uh, another piece out there in right field. Arias not going to be playing out there as much. So, And again, still a log jam in the outfield. But now you have Brennan, Fry, and Oscar Gonzalez all capable of playing the corner outfields.
0: Yeah. It's, oh. it's, it's a good move to at least bring him up again. You know, who knows? Again, I don't think he's going to push for an everyday starter role. I think Brennan's slowly closing in on that unless they go out and find the bat. Or finally decide to move Miles Straw. Which is also a possibility. I think they probably should. At least to the bench. And we'll talk about trade, but... potentially a guy that I could see them going after as well. So, But at least you got a bat on the bench that can... Give you a jolt of energy, too. Yeah, so I, That's
1: a guy who I'm always confident in, like, in a pinch hit situation. Like, if I need a big swing... Throw him in. Sure, throw him in. If he strikes out, he strikes out. Right. Like, you just don't have that guy off the bench right now for the Guardians. Nope, you don't. And if you're playing Josh Bell and Josh Naylor, you have no pop off the bat, except, like, maybe David Fry, because he's come up big in some clutch situations. But that's about it. Um, So we're going to look at some pieces, because the Guardians... Still could make a couple more moves before the deadline. I think that's very possible. Um, before we get into possible moves they could make on the trade, I just wanted to highlight another name of a guy who was already up this year and continues to pitch pretty well down in AAA. That's James Karinchek. Uh, Karinchek has kind of been lighting it up, and he's just refusing to get called back up to the majors. His ERA, I believe, now down to a two one nine. And it's I'm just...
0: still I'm still out on him just because, again we've been through this one so many times. It's getting so frustrating. I
1: mean, we have been. I I saw a stat and I don't have it pulled up directly, obviously, right now. But he, since being called down, has really cut down on walks.
0: I think part of it too. It was an issue of he just wasn't. It it. I think the pitch clock was a big thing, truthfully. Because there was a lot of times where he was getting balls, mainly from the fact that he just wasn't getting it off on time.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's part of it. I think he started to adjust a little, but it still was never like a comfortability
0: thing. No, and he's just been rushed, and it really can mess with a guy's head. So maybe next year he makes – you give him one more chance at this point, but I I mean – if you don't go after an arm in that bullpen, I could see them trying it again. But if you're going to bring up a like, if you're going to have a bullpen piece come in, don't even test it this year.
1: See, I'm, I'm all for. There's a couple of arms in that bullpen that I just look at and I'm like, check would have to be better than this guy, right?
0: That's fair.
1: Like in the month of July, and he's made you know six and a third innings pitch, so six appearances. He went one and a third in one of those. He's given up one run and he's only walked two guys.
0: It it doesn't hurt to bring him up, and like I wouldn't be opposed if they did. But at the same time, you've been through this track record so many times that it just feels like a broken record.
1: No, I mean a hundred percent. It's it's been rough. Like I, I'm right there with you, but it's I just don't know what to do anymore. That's the problem. Why why keep him around to have him in AAA though? Like. No, that's fair. If he's cutting down on the walks, that's what you want out of him, right? Like he's not giving up
0: runs and he's not walking guys down there. And also too, there's no one really (laughs) It's not like he's getting roadblocked (laughs) right right now. Like it's not the log jam that you saw in the middle infield that there's a bunch of guys with potential. But no, like I would take him over quite a few guys
1: probably right now. Yeah. That are right handed arms in that bullpen. So Uh, I would probably
0: again it all depends on what they do at the trade deadline. That's where I'm standing with it
1: yeah it it, it just we'll see what they do
0: yeah um do you have
1: any bullpen names in mind that you think they could go out and get because I didn't really uh, bullpens are it's hard the moves are so volatile that they can go out and get there's so many names and you could just see guys get moved like one name that might come to mind is like Trevor May on the athletics but I saw some Trevor May it, I think I think a bigger name team, like with bigger aspirations, go out and get him because he's on a one year deal.
0: Yeah, and I think another guy would be like a Josh Hader, but like again, that, that it's just, seems just pricey for me. It's right? too pricey. It's more that's more of me. Just I love Josh Hader. I always thought very good pitcher, dominant guy, and he's a lefty. And then it's hard because you look at another guy like Jordan Montgomery. There's it's it, when you get very specific. It gets pretty hard to truthfully find a bullpen piece because you're looking for a bullpen piece but then also a lefty so you're really just kind of filtering too much in that sense so now you're kind of like all right do we really want to give up a bunch for a guy that's probably too pricey and doesn't really want to be here
1: yeah i think you probably trade for a middle of the line bullpen guy and I just don't know who that is. Like, there's so many of them that Which it could Trevor
0: be. May would make the most sense. Yeah, I it's just still,
1: like, on a one-year but even deal. even
0: it's a one-year. It, he's a
1: vet, and I think a lot of teams like the Dodgers and stuff would be willing right. to go
0: out and get him. Right, and them. it's more of a sense of it's makes sense, but not enough sense to do it, actually.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I know what they're trading, looking to trade for is guys with multiple years of control or that they could most definitely have a chance to re-sign and i just don't know who that would be out of a bullpen like No, you you really don't. I'd have to really look into it and for a bullpen piece, i just really don't care to. No, know, I, I don't.
0: It's hard finding bullpen guys. It's usually like when you're trying to build like i am again, i'm thinking of it in like a football sense, you build up your whole lineup and then finally you get your running back at the end. That's kind of the same thing with the bullpen. Like you build up everything else and then you're just like, all right now we just need a couple of bullpen pieces to really solidify everything
1: in in this case i would just rather wait for them to make a move if they're going to the bullpen and assess the move they made rather than sit there and be like well they could make this move or this move and i can be like look at all the research no i don't care like when it comes to like bigger names like we're gonna throw out some bats that they could go out and get because i have a few of those yeah but yeah i just don't really have an answer at the bullpen if they go out and get somebody great if not Lord help us. And if they make a move, I'll talk about
0: it then and we'll see where we're at. I agree. So what what are you thinking then, bat-wise? There's a couple of names that I can kind of throw around. Um, one
1: of the names that stuck out to me was Jonathan India, but I just don't think that's gonna happen. No. That's just more middle infield clogged. I've
0: been oh, man, I was Although, uh, I've been hoping for that one. Yeah, I just I just had to throw it, would it make out there. No sense, but it's kind of like my Josh Ader one. Yeah, it, it's just, I just like it'd be throw it so cool, but
1: yeah. yeah. It'd be really cool to have a young blossoming star like Especially Jonathan too, India.
0: Yeah, and I was a big fan of Florida at the time when they were running making their college world series runs and he was part of that team. So it would it would be sick, but probably not viable.
1: Uh yeah definitely now he's also in arbitration next year so yeah it'd be nasty battle there (laughs) yeah no need to go out and do that uh names that now make more sense um one that I always see floated around and we've talked about before too I think Joe Dell's kind of on the market the unfortunate part is the Angels now no longer selling so they're gonna want a ready piece probably to get rid of Adele which you really can't provide yeah I just don't think you really have like you can't get rid of a starter right now. And what do the Angels really need? Right. They need to start pitching, which right. they just went out and got with Giolito, and they got a bullpen guy and Reynaldo Lopez. And unfortunately, right now, those are the two places you struggle.
0: Right. It just wouldn't make any sense. Like, maybe they would take a catcher, but I mean, Matt Tyson's Even then, been pretty good there. Like, yeah. You kind of look at that
1: one. And who are you giving up, right? Like, they're not, they don't want Cam Gallagher. So are you yeah. moving off of Naylor or Fry? I would
0: hope not. So, and, Joe Adele was a guy that we talked about for Shane Bieber trades, and it would still make sense if you gave up Shane Bieber, but obviously you can't do that now. So now I'm kind of looking at it, and it, it it's really rough to see that you can't get because I'm pretty I'm still high on Joe Adele. I, I know you're probably not as high on right, him he, as me.
1: It's possible that he could be good, but yeah. I'm but not at the sold same time, right
0: yeah, you're you're not completely sold, which is fine. But you know, I. I still think there's a lot of potential with them, still a little younger as well too, so I, it kind of sucks seeing that that name's kind of out the door. but yeah, but again, I just don't see I don't see a situation where we could acquire them truthfully. no it's wishful it's just, thinking
1: I, I just don't really yeah see where the, the angels would be needy for anything that we could really give up, yeah, reliably. Again, they're probably looking for bigger-name guys right now. Right, They're going all-in. So you have to give MLB-ready guys. They don't want prospects. They're willing to give up prospects. Yeah. And I just don't think that's a move either team's willing to do right now. Exactly. Uh, Another name that really popped into mind, and I I don't really think this one's going to be doable either, Uh, it's going to be Cody Bellinger. That's the other one that I was really thinking about. Uh, Bellinger would be a great piece to add in this outfield. Uh, It'd it would be huge for us. It would sure up an outfield slot. Like Right field would be locked down for the rest of the year if it was Bellinger. Uh, he's hitting .317, 15 bombs, 46 RBIs, and OPS in the nines. The problem is, again, he's on a one-year deal.
0: Yeah. And, and you'd of... have
1: to give up some prospects to go get Cody Bellinger right now.
0: Well, and the problem is... <laughs> It's it's frustrating because he's everything that we really need. He oh. need power, and then you could stick him in center field. You could stick him in center. He's also played corner outfield. Like
1: he can play first. We know that. Yeah, that's where he was playing with the Dodgers for a portion of time when he was over
0: there. Yeah, and I think you should just stick him in that in the outfield at that center. Uh, or maybe yeah, hundred percent. But overall, that one stings just because he really would fulfill a lot of our needs. Oh, 100 percent, he would, and
1: it's the right team to do it with too. Like, there's clearly going to be the Cubs out there selling because they're pretty much out on the playoffs. Yeah, at this they're point. they're
0: toast. They
1: have, I think, they're six games back, but it still doesn't make that much sense for them to compete. Like, it, even if you make the playoffs, where are you going with it next year? Like, there's still right. pieces away. If you
0: could, if you could move off, like a guy like Cody Bellinger, and get pieces, then totally, it was kind of the same boat as us with. I, I, with Shane Bieber, then, if you
1: really think about it. And Bellinger's a guy, 28, who was kind of in a prove-it year. He had struggled at points with the Dodgers and kind of got moved off of. And it was like, what's your next contract going to look like? Well, when you go out there and hit three seventeen as part of the Cubs, you, you're probably Kind of helps your case a little bit. Yeah, you, you might get paid after that. Just a little bit. So— Again, a guy that you're probably not going to be able to keep around. And
0: also, too, I, again, like you said, you're probably not going to be able to extend him. Yeah. So you get him for the rest of the year, and then what's the point? Yeah.
1: Uh, a guy that I think is—and I'm actually going to save this guy. No, no, I guess not. It, it's Randall Gritchick. We talked about him—
0: We talked about him uh, earlier a couple episodes on. ago. Yeah. Yeah. Um, He's on the last year of his
1: contract too. That's the unfortunate part. He's hitting three hundred seven, only six bombs. He's a bit more of a.
0: At some point, though, you are going to have to just bite the bullet. He's a guy. Now, here is a guy. Uh, yeah. <laughs> okay, Colin. Yeah, uh, but he is one that I
1: think you could get for a little bit less money. He's now declining he's not a- towards age. He's thirty one. You might be able to re-sign him, but the thing is, like, he's basically every other outfielder that we have just hits for better average. Like he has six home runs this year,
0: right? It doesn't. It's not a bigger name either. It's not going to be.
1: He's been around for a while. Like guys recognize the name, but it's not like. uh,
0: It's not like Cody Bellinger. That's what I'm saying. And and you're not going to get the same stats as him, obviously. But it, it's one of those things where at some point though, you're gonna just have to say screw it, let's just do it, and get him, because if you truthfully want the bat badly. There's just not that much options because, again, it's like a filter system. And when you're shopping for something online and you're clicking all these filters, you see your options just slowly start to go down. And that's what's happening with this case. Like, It's not going to be an ideal situation with one of these guys. And even if you do, that name is going to be pretty pricey, especially if it's a multi-year thing. So you're going to have to realize that there is going to be some flaws to w- whatever guy you get when you make this trade because it's just that's how it works when you do this type of thing yeah
1: i, I don't know if i see grgic possible this last one's the only guy that i could see legitimately happening who is it, it? the the problem is too because we'll get into this after there, there's three guys sitting at the corner outfield right now on this roster yeah who and if you count Quan, that's four, but I consider him locked up. So there's three guys basically fighting for one spot. Two, if they're actually willing to move straw to the bench, but that just doesn't seem likely. So I think you have to get a young guy. a guy I agree. Who, a guy who can actually go out there and just be like, okay, this guy's going to be good, and he's going to be good for years to come, so I can be okay with, you know, sticking him over guys that kind of have potential. Will right. Brennan, David Fry, Oscar Gonzalez. And that's... Reaching over to the St. Louis Cardinals and going and getting Jordan Walker.
0: I think Jordan Walker was
1: another guy that I was potentially looking at. So, right now he's in pre-arbitration. So, you'd be entering sticky territory on re-signing him. But he is 21. He's hitting 270 this year, nine bombs. He moves quick. He's a good defender. And the Cardinals are looking to move off of guys.
0: I don't know if they're going to move off of that one, though.
1: It sounded like in trade talks they were willing to move they they want to move outfielders, and Jordan Walker's one that they feel like they can get multiple good prospects Oh, back they for. definitely could. So, so it's a guy that they're okay kind of moving off of, because let's be real, the Cardinals are on the down. Like, No, I, I completely agree with that. They were good last year, and now they're not good this year, which tells you trajectory, like, they're going to have to rebuild.
0: Right, no, and I completely agree, but at the same time, that's a really young piece, and I don't know how much the Guardians are willing to give up for a young piece like that because, yes, he definitely would be a staple in this offense then at that point if the production continues. But at the same time, like there's also the chance that it doesn't pan out, which who knows? I, I know I- it's crazy to think like that. Walker's a guy who I think just – No, and I agree too. Like Most likely he will. But He's a like, 21-year-old in the MLB right now hitting 270. Right. So I think well, my question then becomes –
1: What are you willing to give up for him? Well, I think one of those outfield prospects you could move. I
0: would probably move off of Valera at that Uh, point.
1: Yeah, Valera you could probably argue moving off of for him. I think you could move off of one of the guys you might have up right now. I don't think anybody really wants to go trade for David Fry. I think he's 27 or 28 at this point. Uh, Brennan or Ogo are obviously two guys you could argue getting rid of just to clear up that depth. I'd be fine moving off of any of them. I'm sure you got some pitching prospects in the works that you could trade that are probably some like 18, 19 year olds. Uh, there, there's guys around, right? Like Angel Martinez, another guy a couple years away from making the MLB. The Cardinals might be. I think those are the guys they want, guys that are still a couple of years away. I, I think at
0: that point, maybe I would do Valera. I'd give it because at that point, especially if you're getting a young guy like Valera just doesn't really have a chance then if Jordan Walker does come in. Oh, yeah. I mean, so you could probably have to throw Valera in the deal. The only way
1: Valera's getting playing time there is at the DH.
0: Right. So then I would be okay with moving off of him. I'd also be okay potentially moving off of one of the middle infield guys.
1: Yeah, you could do that again. I I talked to Angel. You could also go Brito. You could go Rojo. You
0: could the even go Freeman. Yeah. yeah, I would think Freeman or Arias that would be in the deal. And I'm assuming it would either be two to three prospects. Yeah, probably. So it, it you're probably looking at closer to three. I would. Yeah, think. I'm assuming three because maybe, he's maybe 21. Too. I don't know. And he's pre-arbitration. Yeah, I, I it would contract not be like
1: not lined up. It might be like two higher prospects and then some lower ones, like one or two lower ones, but.
0: I just think that for the right – it's one of those cases of the right price, I would do it. But if you're going to give up your whole farm system for it, which there's still a lot of pieces there, but if you're talking like three, even potentially four, I know it sounds like blasphemy, but there's also the possibility of having to give up four prospects for a guy that's 21 and raking. Like he could be a staple in that outfield for years to come if – people like people don't realize that. So they're probably looking at like yeah, we we want him here. So you'd have to trade us the farm. So I don't think I'm like I'm dead set on okay, they have to go out and do this. But at the same time, if you're going to get the right price, yeah, I'm all for it. And then too, if you could get more clarity in the middle infield and also in the outfield, yeah, go ahead. I think the one thing for the Cardinals too is they have a lot of outfielders.
1: Yeah, and I, like and Nolan Gorman's there, um, Lars Newtbar,
0: there's one uh, Tyler O'Neill, all out there. Yeah, all they all guys. guys right now. I mean, left fields Tyler, Tyler O'Neill, Tommy Edmond. Tommy Edmond. that's the, the other, other guy. Yeah, and Jordan Walker's right now slated as their right fielder, and then obviously Lars Newtbar is a guy that they they're very high on as well too, and the whole MLB is, and and Dylan Carlson too. They they're loaded, <laughs> they're loaded out loaded. there definitely but then you look at their middle infield it's pretty weak yeah i don't in that even know that sense i mean I paul even... dejong paul dejong's okay he's okay but i mean is is he going to be the answer long term no definitely not that's what i'm and saying again, like, the rebuilding and if you can then go out and it, it would make an ideal it, it Talking about it more makes more and more sense because now you could move off of a guy like Tyler, Tyler Freeman or Gabriel Arias, or even then, like you go even lower in the sense of, okay, maybe they want someone that's potentially down the road more, so then you look more Juan Brito in that case. But overall, I mean, it makes sense, but at the same time, you just got to – I don't know how willing they would be able to do it Especially too if you're throwing the whole house at it. Yeah. I don't know.
1: I, I guess my my next question then would be, do you think the guard should even go out and get an outfield bat right now?
0: I think probably Jordan Walker would be an exception. Again, you're you're really being limited you have limited filters. It's very it has to be young. It has to be a guy that has multiple years of control,
1: which here, here comes me being arrogant again too, because I just don't know. But I'll admit I don't know. I don't know how arbitration works when you get traded. Like, does I'm arbitration pretty sure it's the go same... away or no. does, do you keep the three years of arbitration? Because if keep you keep the do, three
0: years of arbitration,
1: you can basically have Walker for three years of control. Although, like, no, the arbitration sticky. stays. So yeah, so it'd be sticky, but you'd have
0: even then three still, years of control, still...
1: quote unquote, yeah. to go arbitration with him.
0: But. I mean, he would probably be the exception of it overall. And then you're also looking for a guy that's power because you don't want to throw in another contact guy into this lineup. No, and I think it'd just be frustrating. Jordan Walker's a guy that can
1: kind of do both, right? Like, right, that's he mean, he's for, just an
0: all-around hitter.
1: Yeah, he hits for good enough contact, like two seventies, perfectly right. fine in my order, and nine homers right now. Yeah, please. You're
0: looking at a top of the lineup bat there. Yeah, like that. Not, could be- not. I'm not saying like a one hitter, but I'm yeah. just saying like one through four. Like he's most likely in the future at least being there yeah if he's slotting into your five or six
1: you feel real good about your lineup. right
0: and again another thing too is it's got to be for the right price you can't give up the house just for a guy because th- th- you still have a lot of potential in your minor league system and i always say that you need to trust in your minor league system so go out and do that daniel spino another name that
1: is possible to move on that off would of. make a lot of sense there too from what i know the guardians are still pretty high on him
0: I, it, I mean, I am too. But the injuries is yeah, just right. I think concern. he's great
1: when he's there, but he's just never there. on the mound. So yeah. it's like, what What am I getting out of Dude, him? I feel like he's been in the minors for... Dude, lights up the gun, yeah. yeah. Like, he's been there a while because he's been 16. But what What am I waiting on? Like, I, I just feel like he should have been here two, three years ago. Dude can chuck, though. Yeah, I'll I mean, give him, that. him like 102. The guy's right. absolutely
0: crazy. But are you ready for uh, the last... Uh,
1: Draft, I guess I am Daniel Espino. By the way, only twenty two, so that's still time on him. Yeah, so
0: well, let's go. Yeah, Friday draft time. Uh, We're going another blind draft. Yeah, yeah, blind draft. But you're gonna have to make a blind lineup. So there's a it's a certain thing that I'm looking for. Okay, it's going to be you're taking guys from every like any Guardians or Indians player ever. Okay, all right, no, no, nothing's off limits, but. You're gonna limit my my ball knowledge here, real bad. You're not. The thing is, you don't know what type of team you're building because there's yeah. a certain requirement for it. Okay, let's hear. So you're gonna pick three outfielders, build in a whole infield, a catcher, and then you also gonna get a DH as well. Okay. All right, ready? Who are you taking for a catcher? what am I You don't just any guards player. Name it. Uh, yeah, ever, ever, you can name whoever you want. Uh, Carlos Santana. Okay. Who you taking as your first baseman?
1: I hate not knowing what I'm drafting here. This is really stupid. <laughs>
0: like, no, I just, no this, I is actually, this is actually this is going to be hilarious. Uh, Jim, tell me. Okay, second base.
1: Second base? Like, why? Why does
0: this have to be me? <laughs> I, I genuinely. I hate was thinking this. about him. Like, what would torture Jake? I'm like, like I just not don't... giving him any clarity would be hilarious like I don't even because know. it's going to be it's going to be funny seeing the result of what's what the team would be like
1: second base is such a terrible position for the guardians historically oh, like
0: don't get me wrong I know
1: Well, at least from what I can remember right I'm sure there's one and people are probably screaming that I'm an idiot and they're probably right but I just can't think of one off the top of my head like in my brain I want to say Omar Vizquel, but he never really he played was a short second stop. yeah he, he didn't Do you want to really take play. him as
0: your shortstop then?
1: Uh, no, I'm going to hold off on that. I, okay. I might still take him. But okay. Second base and the only guy that's coming to my mind. And I literally – so I was going to say Kipnis, but I'll actually just go Andres at this point.
0: Wow, okay. Yeah. So then who's your third baseman? Um.
1: Yeah, I, I was going to get cute, but we'll just stick Jose in there.
0: Stick Jose? Yeah. Shortstop? Yeah, I'll go Omar. All right, left field or just corner. Give me two corner guys. Two corner outfielders. Because then we'll go center field. I hate that I don't know what I'm drafting, so I'm just trying to pick
1: good players, which
0: could be completely wrong. Yeah. No, I could I just be a complete moron. These are wild card two guys that like they could make or break your lineup. Oh, that's great. I love this. <laughs> um, we'll
1: go – I'll throw Michael Brantley in there, Dr. Smooth, and, and the other corner outfield – Shinsu Chu Wow Yeah
0: There's a name uh, center field, who Brady Sizemore Grady Actually Sizemore. no Swap that Kenny Lofton DH Albert Bell You definitely Shouldn't have took Grady Sizemore I mean you should have Took Grady Sizemore In that one Because I don't know what
1: I'm drafting I'm just I was like Grady Sizemore more. I was issue. like Screw it I'll go Kenny Lofton That's older That's fun
0: So as The the, the problem With this Lineup right now We lack a lot of power Right <sighs> Don't tell me we're going home An runs. all-time power lineup. So we'll go through it. Your catcher, Carlos Santana. There wasn't really many options that you could have gone. There. Yeah, like name. That was a, a tough one. Name me a power-hitting catcher. That no, was... that's fair. Obviously, I'm like, do you so have one stressing. in mind? No, that's what that's what I'm just saying. Like you got to make the best of what you can. You hit the first base one on the head. Yeah. I Second like base, really you whiffed on. I'm pro. I probably would have went Carlos Biaga there,
1: but Biaga would have been the better pick. Again, I don't know
0: what I was drafting. I, I would have so. just picked him straight up because I, mean, I think he's like one of the best second basemans no, of the Guardians I mean, all time. Oh, Indians all yeah. time. Third base, pretty. I I mean, can't really go wrong with that one. With Jose, makes sense. Shortstop, who'd you pick again? Uh, I think I went Omar. You which went Omar. Is not going to help me. No, you probably should have went a guy like Francisco Lindor, but it's okay. Again, i just yeah don't know what i'm drafting you really kind of screwed yourself in the outfield that was your big issue there because you went with michael brantley yeah. which great hitter but you know he's a, one of the best contact hitters
1: i named him and you know what i really thought about immediately after i named him was the fact that and it was after i named shinsu chu yeah uh, i could have went manny ramirez
0: yeah which, there was one name that you kind of botched and then the also the other one shinsu chu you just got really cute with that one which made no sense. Uh, I was just trying to think of guys who, like... He wasn't really that dominant for us. He was all right. He was pretty he was good. okay. He was, this is the name of my childhood. Right. <laughs> I was just like...
1: Uh, no, that's fair. I was just sitting there like, I don't know what I'm drafting. I was just throwing yeah. out some random guys. No, I know. That's what's, what's
0: fun about it. But you you really screwed yourself in center field. Yeah. You had the right idea there, and you nailed it for a second, but then you just kind of... you you threw it away because Kenny Lofton one of my favorite outfield one of my favorite players of all time it's my mom's favorite baseball player right. of all time same like my parents love him to death my dad loves him but the issue is he wasn't really a power hitter so no no he was not and then you did get the dh correct that was kind of a layup because obviously you know with the dh spot yeah pretty, yeah you I can't mean, really botch that one. No, it's usually a power guys. Yeah, right.
1: You just have to pick a guy that launches yeah, home no. runs in the d I just thought it would be I funny did.
0: because, you know, we struggle with power. Why not? You don't know what the hell you're doing. Yeah.
1: Yeah. No, I... Uh,
0: not a bad team.
1: No. It would have been it would have been a great team. It's just, you know, power-wise. I mean, there's definitely yeah. some guys that I missed on all-time, too. I just looked up the all-time home runs leader. I took the top two, so... Yeah,
0: they're to good. Me. That's
1: Tommy and Bell. I missed on Manny... Uh, like, uh, there's no way in my head I'm taking Earl Averill. Like, that's just not happening. Slipped my mind on that. <laughs> yeah, right. Like, no shot. Uh, I hit Santana, who was fifth. Hal Trotsky probably wasn't pulling that one out of the head either. Larry Doby uh, was definitely a name in my mind. I, I was, was
0: gonna say pitcher. I was hmm. gonna make the kid, like put down like a pitcher option and just be like totally blow your mind. And I would have yeah. been like Bartola yeah. Colon as like a joke. Probably doing your best one. option, right? <laughs>
1: yeah. Uh, Larry Doby though, like center field. I was just like. I'm pretty sure Doby played center. And I was like, do I really want to dig deep in the bag for Doby? Like, I don't no, know what I'm yeah. drafting. And I was like, and I wanted to make sure I had the position right. Like, I thought he was a uh, center fielder, but I didn't know if he was corner. Or... Yeah, no, that's fair.
0: Um, I wanted to do pitcher, though. Damn. Yeah. That would uh, have been
1: bad. I don't know why I just thought of that randomly. Andre Thornton, a guy I wasn't naming no. without a shot. Uh, Jose,
0: that's kind of nailed up. Like,
1: what other third baseman are you really going I mean, Eddie
0: Murray, see on the list?
1: Uh, was it with us for long? No, because probably all time. I'm on all time's guards home runs, so okay, just like with the team. Yeah. Uh, Travis Hafner would have been. Yeah, an I was okay thinking DH about spot. Yeah, but not better than Albert Bell. Bell. Yeah, like Al Rosen, Ricky Calavito, some other guy like Gertie Sizemore's on there. Frankie Kipnis actually would have been a much better pick. He was 18th all time.
0: Oh really? Over yeah. Byerga? Uh, I guess Byerga was probably more contact, right? <laughs> uh,
1: Byerga's all—he's down at 24. Okay, so, so it wasn't not crazy. He's yeah. off by like 20 home runs, 19. Okay. Uh, name I almost threw out at third base, which I would have cost me home run wise, but I w- almost got cute with it. Was uh, Casey Blake? <laughs> I thought you were gonna pull out like some like
0: random ones, like Kelly Shopik.
1: Uh, I did think about going that for catcher, but again, I just I was trying to make a good draft. Gonna. Yeah, and no, I figured fair. good players over bad players. It was a, it was a decent draft to say the least. Yeah. But
0: yeah, no, nothing else on my end then.
1: All right. Well, that uh, I guess that just kind of wraps up the episode
0: then. Yeah. I'll- I. I can plug in the socials. Oh my gosh, go ahead. Might as well. Let's see. Mistake by the take on Instagram, MBTT Pod on Twitter. I am DY Felt as usual on all my socials and then Twitter for Jake is Volnick 2 and then Jake Volnick on Instagram. Also follow us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen to us, give us the
1: follow and make sure to hit that bell. Exactly. So you get notifications, but uh that about wraps it up for episode 23. We'll be back next week as always. And I don't know. One of them will be a guards episode, I'm sure, with the deadline, but probably. Other than that, wait and see. Deuces,
0: see ya.